What's going on, Indian Podcast family? Welcome back to another episode. And today's episode is pretty special. I have one of my favorite individuals as a guest with me today. Y'all know my boy Mike is in the building. Y'all already know. He's, he's here every episode. He's, no, he, you know, he's not nothing new. But I got the one and only. Yes, sir. I, who I affectionately call my uncle. There you go. Uncle TJ is in the building, everybody. Um, I'm really, really excited. Um, I posted a couple of weeks ago um, how I wanted to do an episode on imposter syndrome. And you immediately reached out to me and was like, yeah, I want to be on it. And so I'm super glad that you can make it. I'm super glad that you can be here um, to record with us today. I titled this podcast In the End Podcast because Ecclesiastes 7.8 says that better is the ending of a thing than the beginning. And so our belief, our hope, our desire is that each conversation leaves every individual better in the end. Um, and so I would love for you to just introduce yourself. Let people know a little bit about you. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Which camera are we looking at? Any one. Any one of them. Any of the cameras. Preferably. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, I'm TJ Wallace. I am uh, nothing special. Just a youth pastor in North Carolina. Loves the Lord, loves my family, and excited about what God's got for me. So. Nothing crazy. That is Uncle TJ for you all. Uncle TJ is. He is one of the people that, who sort of downplays how important they actually are. Um, dude, you are incredible. Um, what God has been able to do in your life and through the ministry that you have is absolutely mind-blowing. It's, it is crazy to see, and it's genuinely crazy to witness. You have an amazing call and an amazing anointing on your life for the hearts of the people who we're trying to reach. Um, and so I'm just really honored that you would be here. Really honored that you would record with us. Um, and so let's dive in. Imposter syndrome. I kind of wanted to tackle this because it's something that I wrestle with. So often we make podcasts, me and Mike, we make stuff about the stuff that we think our generation struggles with. And I kind of wanted to get personal because imposter syndrome is something that I deal with. It's kind of crazy that, um, TJ is here with us for this episode because, um, I was going to talk about the fact that I wrestled with imposter syndrome literally the day that I spoke at your church. Um, I had got off stage after preaching a message um, and I felt like it didn't hit the way that I wanted it to hit. And I remember I got off stage and I talked to Mike and Trinity immediately. And I was like, how y'all think I did? It was the first question that I asked. And I was like, how do y'all think I did? And they were like, bro, you crushed, you killed it. And I was like, okay. You know, I felt like I could have delivered this better. And then, immediately um the holy spirit sort of checked me and was like why are you so focused on you why why are you so focused on what you did out there what you did has nothing to do with what happened out there it was all about what i did in the room mm -hmm. and it, i i my mindset about what transpired that night shifted and once i got to the green room we had a conversation you were like no bro you you obeyed your assignment um, and I think the reason why a lot of us struggle with imposter syndrome and things of that nature is there's an aspect of us that feels fraudulent. <laughs> there's an aspect of us that feels insufficient to a degree. Um, and I think that the reason why we feel these things is because we're looking at ourselves through the wrong lens. I think a lot of times we, especially as believers, we view ourselves from how we think other people perceive us rather than viewing ourselves from the way that God has designed us. 
Right, right. Um, and I think that if we can get to that place, if we can come to that understanding of who, what you really think about you is kind of irrelevant. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. The way that you perceive yourself, which it, <laughs> I'm going to say something that's going to make some people. Piss them off, bro. Piss them off. <laughs> which is why. <laughs> Piss them off, man. They'll be, they'll be okay. <laughs> because a lot of people in our generation love to say, well, I was born a certain way. Yeah, and so since that. I was born this way, it is, it is. There's nothing that we can really do about it. And I, my response to that is just, well, how you were born doesn't matter. The goal is to be born again. Mm -hmm. The goal is to be renewed. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's a certain level of renewal that has to happen in our minds um, when it comes to ourselves and the perceptions that we have of ourselves, because there's often time where we find ourselves struggling with our identity or our purpose or our gifting or our calling or whatever that thing is, we find ourselves wrestling with it because we don't see it from the lens that God sees it through. Um, the lens that we should actually operate in is obedience. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, man, imposter syndrome. Who want to tell? I want to hear what TJ got to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, uh, imposter syndrome, man, is it's it's tricky. I think I think you're right, man. I think our lens behind how we look at everything is is incorrect. Yeah. If we struggle with imposter syndrome, there is definitely a chance. There is definitely a possible chance that we are looking at things from the wrong perspective altogether. Yeah. I remember, man. I was I was uh, invited to preach at a conference in Chicago um, just just a few months ago, and I landed and. Like at this conference were some people that are like pretty popular, yeah. you know, like by all intents and purposes, like in the church world. Right. And uh, I had opening night. Like I was supposed to open up the whole conference and the worship team that I was playing, like they got some, if, if I sang one of the songs, like, like mm -hmm. they were leading worship. Like there was uh, some artists there that were like pretty, pretty yeah. big. And I'm sitting in the corner. Like, why am I here? Like, Laura, what? why me? Like, why am I here opening up this conference at, like, for these students? Like, this is, this is bananas. And I, I remember having a moment where I felt, like, really insecure and really, like, not good enough. Uh, and I was reminded of a statement that one of my best friends, um, Josh Overton, yeah. uh, told me. I don't know, maybe a year or so ago. And he said, the validation is in the invitation. My God. Like the fact that you were invited here validates the fact that you're supposed to be here. Yeah. And it was in that moment, I was like, thank you, Holy Spirit. Appreciate that. Like I stood up and I had some like some new confidence in my bones. And much like the Holy Spirit normally does, you know, let you off that easy. I was like, yeah, like I was invited. You know, the validation is in the invitation. And God said, yeah, I wasn't talking about this event. <laughs> I was like, so what are we talking about? And he said, I invited you way before you were ever invitable. Man. Like, I invited you way before people even knew you had a gift. I invited you way before you ever lined up with that gift. Yeah. I invited you before you were ever conceived. I was, I've always been inviting you. The invitation 
is not about your gifts. The invitation is about your character. Jesus. And it was, I mean, I've spent years, you know, trying to kind of wrap my head around, like, what does it look like to really be like Jesus and not focus on me? Yeah. Right. Because I think I think that's just kind of where the church has been, honestly, for a long time. Um, you know, I mean, I was, you know, saved my senior year of high school and because I could sing. They were like, you should lead worship. I'm like, I don't even know how to lead worship. Yeah. But it's like, oh, you're gifted. You should you should be on platform. I was like, but I never went through the process. And so, like, it, it screwed me up for a long time. Right. I mean, yeah. it, it dealt me a bad hand out the gate. Um, and so now that I'm going into my 30s. Right. 32. Still young, depending on who you ask. And uh, y'all some young bucks right here. But, uh, you know, 32, man, I'm I'm finally getting to the place where it's like, man, I have this imposter syndrome. But is it because I'm focused too much on me yeah, and not on the one who called me and the one who made me and the one who's been inviting me the whole time? Like. There is validation in the invitation. The Holy Spirit said, stop fighting the invite. Don't fight the invite. Yeah. I'm inviting you already, and it's not because of who you are. It's because of who I am. Man. And uh, that's that's really shifted a lot of me, man. Um, yeah, that's kind of like, I don't know, my most recent experience, I guess, with like imposter syndrome, for sure. And, uh, you know, it, it hurt. <laughs> it hurt. I got up on the stage and was like, I ain't nobody. <laughs> it can create a void that you look for something for. Yeah. Like I've noticed um, everybody has something that they like to look at. Um, but when you try to model yourself after something, say you want to model yourself after a certain athlete, you play football, you want to model yourself after that, which is completely fine. However, you are now copying somebody that may not be in God's will. So you may be making that every decision they make, you make it because it looks good, but it's not in God's will. Yeah. So you're slowly, slowly putting toxins in your in your path that you don't need to have. Mm. So the things that look good look good, but that's it. You know, it may not be meant for you. And even if it may be good for you in the moment, in the long run, it's just going to hurt worse. So the, I think the imposter kind of comes from not knowing your path. Copying what looks good and knowing your path is two completely different things. Mm. This is this is crazy that you say this because I think uh, I have planned in my mind. Typically, we don't plan what we talk about. No, like we, don't. we we just sort of flow. Mm -hmm. But this episode in particular, I had sort of planned what I was going to say, and to a degree, I wanted to talk about Moses um, <laughs> because I think that I relate to Moses in a lot of different ways. Because not only did Moses feel like an imposter, but Moses was insecure. Yeah, he was. Um, and yeah, so there was an aspect good. of Moses that I related to on a deeper level because mm. I, I could find myself seeing myself in the text. When I read Exodus 3 and Exodus 4, I found myself in the text to where it's like, <laughs> now why me, though? <laughs> I'm not good at this. Like, mm. I don't. I'm, I'm not. This is not something that I chose, something that I want, something that I need. Like, at the end of the day. <laughs> You you gave me this. Mm -hmm. I'm not good at this. I I don't want this number one. <laughs> I don't think I'm good at it. And there are eyes on me. You are telling me to go down into Pharaoh's land and get these people. 
I don't want these people watching me. <laughs> so like this is a wrestle that I'm dealing with yeah. for the past couple of months because my platform has significant significantly increased over the past five and a half, six months. Mm-hmm. And it's like for me, there's constant, constant feedback, constant criticism, constant, constant opinions about me and the things that I post and the things that I say that wasn't there a year ago. And so now I have all of these eyes on me, all of these mouths on me who who have opinions and thoughts and all of these things about what I say or what I do or what I wear. Literally, we were talking earlier about Man, the fact that there are like started. constant people in my comments who complain about the fact that Mike has a Gucci barbecade. Like it is it is ridiculous <laughs> to see the amount of nitpicking that and the scrutiny that comes with platform and that comes with process. Um, But I bring all of this up to say that we think, oftentimes we think that if God would tell us the plan, we would obey it. We think that if God would tell us the structure, we would obey it. And I've heard people say those things to me, like, well, if God would have just told me, I would have did it. And it's like, no, you wouldn't. wouldn't God literally, read Exodus chapter 3. God literally tells Moses, here's how this is going to go down. <laughs> if they ask you who sent you, tell them I did. But Lord, I just, I just can't. He's literally giving <laughs> Moses the framework. You're going to go down there. You're going to talk to them people. You're going to tell Pharaoh to let these people go. And y'all going to be free. <laughs> He's giving him the blueprint. Yeah. And Moses is still like, I don't know, man. I can't. <laughs> I, I don't feel sufficient. And I think the biggest part of imposter syndrome, the biggest factor in imposter syndrome is the fact that we feel insufficient. Mm -hmm. And I think if we mismanage that feeling, if we mismanage that emotion, that is where the danger lies. Um, Because we we will try to find things to sort of fill that void of insufficiency. We will try to find things to sort of fill that void of insecurity that we feel in us. Um, And so we have to, number one, be honest about these feel like I don't feel, I don't feel, I don't feel good enough. That day when I asked Mike and Trinity about my message is because I did not feel good enough. I didn't feel qualified. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I should have been there. And it's, and it's in those moments that we have to do two things. Number one, confess that we don't, that we feel this way. I feel low. <laughs> I feel insecure. I feel insufficient. I feel like a fraud. Mm. and <laughs> allow people to minister to you. The beauty of um, Jesus' story is the fact that, number one, like you were saying, um, that God has invited us all along. Before, before we even did anything, he invited us. Mm. The beauty of Jesus' story is that before he even did a miracle, he gets baptized by John the Baptist, and the heavens open, and God says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Before he heals a blinded eye, before he opens a deaf ear, before he raises Lazarus, before any of these things occur, God was already proud of Jesus. Before any of these things happened, he had already had enough identity instilled in Jesus so that Jesus would know that in the moments where I feel weak, God is here. I mean, go to Matthew chapter four. Jesus is tempted. We talk about temptation. We talked mm-hmm. about temptation last episode. Yeah, we did. Jesus is tempted. Um, there's an there's an encounter where Jesus gets tempted by Satan three different times. First time, turn these stones to bread. Second time, um, look at all this stuff I can give you. Third time, 
throw yourself down. If you're really the son of God, I will, um, the angel will catch you. But after this exchange, Jesus tells Satan to leave, and Satan leaves. And after this exchange, the Bible says that angels came and ministered to him. And I think that in the moments that we feel insecure, and in the moments that we feel like imposters, we have to have the space for angels to minister to us. Mm-hmm. We have to have the space for God to be able to send people and his voice into our lives to be able to minister to us in the moments where we don't feel good enough. Yeah. And I think that that is where, that is sort of how we combat um, imposter syndrome. We talked about this last, I think it was last pod. Um, it's more on the lines of, of your of your will versus God's will. And our will is so small. Like on a grand scale, when we look at what we have our eyes on and what God's grand uh, scheme for everything is, for me, it's like God will never bless you for you. He's blessing you for somebody else. You're going to eventually say something to this person. You're going to eventually minister to this person, whether it's a gift that you have, anointing that you have over your life that's going to bless other people. When God is sending you through certain things, people don't like it because they think in a selfish mindset. When you think selfless, when you think, okay, I'm going through this for an ultimate plan that God yeah. has for me. It's not about the right now. It's not about how I feel. It's about where I need to go and who I need to reach. We're supposed to be fisher of men. Half of us don't even want to go to church. So it's like, it it doesn't make sense to have all this information that God has given us and just keep it ourselves. Yeah. You got to go out and and spread that. Yeah. I love what you said, man, about, about, uh, the approval of the father, like before we've already got it. Yeah. Right. And I think that is a, a great reminder. I think the other part of that reminder is that we've been approved before. And he still approves us yeah. again. Even, after, he, even after what we do. Like, I'm, dude, I'm reminded of Peter. I mean, you know, if you ask anybody, like, their favorite scripture, right? Like, I mean, they're going to give you Romans 8, 28, or, yeah. you know, Philippians 4, 13. Right? Like, but, like, my favorite passage of scripture is when Jesus comes back. And he says... I want you to go get the disciples and Peter. Like it was specific enough to where he wanted to make sure they knew like, Hey, hey, hey. like I know what happened with Peter just a few days ago. Yes. Go get him anyway. Cause here's the thing, like in that culture, when you did something three times, it's cemented. Yeah. Like that's concrete. Like that's what you believe. Like you denied Christ three times. Like you, you're done. Like yeah. you're cut off. Right. And I think there is absolutely no way that Peter wasn't sitting around feeling like a fraud. Yeah. Feeling like an imposter. Right. I mean, homeboy just cut some dude's ear off and now he's denied Christ three times. And Jesus made a point to specifically say, I want you to go get the disciples and Peter and Peter, because while everyone else believes that he's cut off. No, no, no. He's still invited. Yeah. He's still about, and that for me that resonates because even when everybody else doesn't have grace for me, I'm not saved by their grace. I'm saved by his. Man. He still invites me even when they don't. So they look at my failures. He's not looking at that. You know, oh, he still invites me even when they don't. Hey, it, it amazes me how 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 much grace God has compared to us, bro. No doubt, bro. We bro. have no grace. No doubt. Not even to ourselves. Yes. 
Like we, I, I know me that myself. Part. I beat myself up a lot over the smallest stuff, and I'm like, would would God hold this against Himself? Mm-hmm. There's in in no case would God do that. Now I do, I do believe I'm a I'm a very a very firm believer in knowing your place. Like we talked about this a few pods ago. Everybody's prayer is wanting something more, wanting something else. When the prayer needs to be, God, where do I need to be? Yeah, where do I need to go? Because nine times out of ten, where you want to go ain't doing nothing good for you. I know a lot of the decisions I used to make were based off of what looked and sounded good. Mm-hmm. But when you look off what looks and sounds good to your soul and what God's will is, you'll bless yourself inevitably. When you don't know whether or not you're in the right place, is are you being blessed and are you are you showing fruits? Yeah. If you're not showing fruits where you are, you need to get out of there. And, but nine times out of ten, when we want to go to places we're not supposed to be, it's because the imposter's talking. Yeah, Ooh, that's good. We're trying to that's convince good. everyone else. Yeah. And ourselves that oh, we're not an imposter. Like yeah. there are some people that should feel like imposters, right? Like that's that's kind of the the dynamic with this is really like I I don't want anybody to feel like an imposter, but there are some people have every right to, mm-hmm. right? I mean, when I was wilding out, I should have felt like an imposter, right? Like when I was trying to throw my life down the drain, and Jesus was like, please stop. <laughs> I, I'm right here. Like you don't have to do that, right? Like I, I did feel like a fraud, and I should, and and I think that that's God's grace. I really do. I think God's grace will allow us to feel the fakest parts of our lives to call us into the realest parts of our lives. I really do. Yeah. And but man, going back to what you said, like the reason why we want to go the places we're not supposed to go that we were never meant to be in is because we're trying to convince ourselves. That we, that we belong there. We're trying to convince other people that we belong there, man. If I, dude, you know how many you, you know how many times I've tried to impress other people that I don't even like. <laughs> like I sp- I'm spending my energy trying to impress you. I don't even like you, but somehow like I feel like your validation would mean something to me. I've just I've just learned, bro. Like there are some people I don't want to like me. You know what I mean? Like there are some people I don't want to like me. Here's the, here's the thing, they might applause me. Yeah. But he approves me. That part, there it is. I don't need. I, I don't need the applause anymore. I used to. There was a time in my life where I wanted it. Now, yeah, I don't care if I piss you off. I don't nothing. Like as long as he's clapping for me, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. And I also think it's about understanding what voices have value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are certain voices that don't have value. They in my just life. be talking, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like. Like if you can't, number one, if you don't have my cell phone number, you your voice do. doesn't really care that much. Yeah. Wait, and I think that the trick of the enemy has has been to cause a lot of people to believe that people who don't really have voices do. Mm-hmm. I think that his mm-hmm. trick has always been to amplify the small voices. Mm-hmm. Um, that the people who who should not really carry weight and should not really hold value in your life, I think that his trick has always been to make those people seem like they are the right ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it is a matter of understanding that although you may not applause me, God does approve me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I immediately a couple minutes ago I thought about David, the fact that all of the brothers are there in the house, and they're all they're all getting ready because they know that Samuel's on the way, mm-hmm. and David is still out in the field. He's still being a shepherd. So much so that. Like it blows my mind because David should have been an imposter. He should have felt fraudulent. He should have been insecure. 
because your own father didn't even pick you to be king. Mm. All of your other brothers are in the house. Mm. All of them. When Samuel arrives, all of them are there. And he goes through, ah, no, <laughs> not you. You neither. It ain't none of y'all. So he looks at Jesse and says, this all you got? Is there anybody else here? And he goes, well, there is this one boy. He's out in the field. I'll go get him. David comes in the house smelling like sheep. You know what? <laughs> and Samuel understands that although there are people who look at the outward appearance, God looks at the heart. And so he sees David and the Bible says that the oil flows on him because ah, this story is so powerful because each and every time they went through, went through to anoint the king, Samuel had a flask of oil. He pours it. Nothing is coming out on the brothers. Pours it. Nothing's coming out. I mean, the bottle is flipped upside down and there's nothing coming out on all of the brothers. And then as soon as David comes in, being a servant, tending the sheep, not even thinking about the fact that he could potentially be a king. That is when the oil flows. <laughs> and I think that if David had only perceived himself through the lens of what his father had said, through the lens of what his brothers had thought, he would have never been able to fulfill the call as king yeah. because he yeah. would have been so consumed yeah. by the opinions of other people. And I think David understood the principle that these people's voices don't have value in my life. The only voice that carries weight is his. The only voice that actually tells me to move and I move is his. And it blows my mind because he's anointed. The oil is flowing on him and he immediately goes back out into the field. It's not like he's in the kingdom the next day. It is not like he is on the throne the next day. No, there is a, an expanded period of time before David is ever seated on the throne, he goes through a multitude of different things. He, has, he kills Goliath literally in the next chapter. He, he, he has spears thrown at him by the person who is the current king. So imagine, imagine what David is feeling. He is feeling the tension of my own people don't approve me. And the people who are in the positions that I want to be in are throwing spears at me. So David doesn't, he, sh he should feel like he doesn't fit in. But rather than being someone who throws spears back at Saul, David is one who says, although you throw a spear at me, I can still stop the spirits that are tormenting me. I will still be able to play the harp for you and allow God's spirit to minister to you, even in the moments where you forsake me, even in the moments where you strike me, even in the moments where you're trying to kill me, I will still be able to allow the life that God has for you to be poured into you. And I think that if a lot of us begin to develop the heart posture of David, I think this is why scripture calls David a man after God's own heart, because David was able to understand that although these people may have forsaken me here, I have been validated by my father. I have been validated by God. Um, it, there's so much, there's so much, but I don't even know where are we at, Jaden? What, what, what's our time? 28 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fam, we're going to wrap this one up. We, yeah, we might late. film a part two because it, it's getting late and oh my we God. We're going to need another part. Today. Yeah. This is, yeah. there's so much here that I just kind of want to unpack and settle in. And um, yeah. So 
If you guys like this episode, if you enjoyed this episode, I need you to like, share, and subscribe to the pod. If you're on Apple or Spotify, leave us a rate, leave us a review. Um, if you're on any of those and you leave a comment, I'll see you. I, I will see them. I may not see your Instagram comment. <laughs> I will always see your YouTube or podcast comment. Um, I appreciate you guys. If this episode blessed you, share it with a friend, share it with someone who needs to see it, and we will catch you guys in the next episode. Love y'all. Peace.